Yes, people. So we are back with more Fantasia coverage. People, you know, uh, it's it's a difficult festival, like the, the embargoes and just the releases of films. It's a tough one, but we're getting there. We're getting there, and there's more to come, people. But today, we have got six feature films. Well, two feature films and a documentary and three short films. So um, we're going to... Yeah, we're just going to get going, shall we? All right, people, let's go. And we're going to start things off with our documentary, A Disturbance in the Force. Okay, so, right, just checked out a new documentary called a disturbance in the force. Now, you might think, right, that is pretty obvious of what it is. I had no clue this was a Star Wars documentary, right? I, I put it on and then I'm just like, wait, that's Harrison Ford, right? Huh. Oh, what the fuck is it about? And it's about the Christmas holiday special, you know what I mean, so it is written and directed by Jeremy Kuhn and Steve Kozak, right, um, they both also produce it, along with Kyle Newman, co-produced by Jason Lindsay and Scott Kirkwood, executive produced by Adam F. Goldberg. Um, yeah, that's that. Carl Pruser handled the music. Quinn Hester and Tim Irwin, cinematography. Um, Jeremy Kuhn also edits. Uh, Nate Hoffman and China Coral are um, handling sound. Uh, and in it, we hear from a number of different people, right? From Bruce Villanche, Kevin Smith, obviously. Like, whenever there's something like this, there's Kevin Smith, you know? Weird Al Yankovic was there, which uh, at first I thought was Howard Stern. They do look similar, right? But, yeah, Weird Al's there, uh, Mick Garris, Donnie Osborne, Jason Lindsay, Seth Green, Taron Killen, Steve Binder, Craig Miller, Gilbert Gottfried. It's good to see Gilbert. Lenny Rips, Brian Ward, Paul Shear, Carl Newman, Matthew Robbins, Mickey Herman, Mark Peavers, Jonathan Rinsler. Anthony Kalika, Larry Hyder, Rob Mackey, Bonnie Burton, Beverly Abderman, Alicia Abderman, uh, Scott Kirkwood, and Steve Schuster. So, yeah, we hear from all of those. And this is what it's about. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, 
actually in 1978, George Lucas was talked into cashing in on the Star Wars craze by producing a holiday variety TV special. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. All right, so there it is. Now, I have never seen this. I've never seen it. Like you, and the thing is, right, they do, they, they, someone says in this documentary, like, if you know who the true fans of Star Wars are, are the ones that know there was a holiday special. I feel everyone knows there's a fucking holiday special. Like, I don't think it's a dark secret that only a few people know about because I, you mean, I really enjoyed the original trilogy, you know? Obviously, you know, I wasn't around when they first dropped, but, yo, although, yo, and this is, like, my chick, she went and saw Return of the Jedi in the cinema. Man, like, her, her dad took her as a little kid to see that, and I'm like, yo, that would have been lit. That would have been lit, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. You know, I enjoyed those first three films. I mean, Empire was always my favorite. Always my favorite. And then after that, I never read the, the old comics or the Dark Horse comics. Never read any of the books. I, I, I wasn't really that bothered, right? The, 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 that original trilogy was good enough. That was it, right? So... Yeah, I knew about it. So I don't know about the whole only real fans know. But it is something that has never seen the light of day. You know, we got the Caravan of Courage. I think, I feel that's on Disney Plus now. I like that. I really, I, I, I saw that. Really enjoyed Caravan of Courage. My favorite, though, from back then was the Droids cartoon. Droids cartoon was fire. Fire. And it was actually made by um, the cats that did the Boba Fett segment of the holiday Christmas special, which you find out. So, yeah, they're there. and they did the Ewoks cartoon again. Great, great cartoons. But, you know, supposedly this special, this documentary even, um, it's meant to give us the full story, right? That's what it's meant to be doing. It's meant to be giving us the full story of what happened, right? Investigating the infamous Star Wars special behind the scenes, how it got made, all of this stuff. And we do get some information, right? We, I mean, we get information on what happened, you know, and everyone's like miffed that uh, Art Finkel, Art Finkel, I think his name is, was in it, and B. Arthur, and all of those things. I had no, like, I have no clue who was in it. 
didn't know Donny Osborne was in it. Actually, I didn't even know that was Donny Osborne <laughs> talking on the documentary until the name cropped up. It's like, oh, okay, okay. All right, I didn't even know the Christmas special was a variety show, right? I just thought it was a story, like Caravan of Courage. That's what I thought. So you have people talking and breaking this down and, you know, why they went in that direction and all of this. The only problem with something like this is so many people act like, oh, yeah, no, 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 I I hated it. I, I knew it was going to be a disaster straight away. Right? Or, oh, yeah, I just, I've never thought about it. Oh, yeah, I've always said. And I kind of think that's all bullshit. <laughs> I think, because how many times do we see a bad film get made? And when you hear everyone talking about it, like in the build-up too, they're like, it's incredible. We had such a great time. We were like family on set. Oh, man, it's magnificent. The performance, and you watch it, and you're just like, I mean, what the fuck? Were all these people on crack? Like, what, what's going on here? You know? Because I think you can tell when someone's talking about something and they aren't really jazzed about it. There's an energy that they bring. Right. And they're only they'll describe it in certain ways. Right. But most of the time people are talking real enthusiastically about it. And I just think if you're not enthusiastic, you talk about it. But there's certain things you can say. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. I believe. Probably most of these people thought it was great. That's what I believe. But after the fact, right, everyone's doing Sunday morning quarterbacking. No. Is it Sunday morning or Monday morning? It's one of them, right? Backseat driving. Let's just say that. I know that, right? Backseat driving. That's what these motherfuckers be doing. Because everyone wants to be like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I knew it was bad. Oh, I didn't want to be. I was only there because this. Ah, oh, like they conned me into doing it. Oh, they promised me and then it didn't. That's what everyone wants to say, right? Because they just think, if I say that, I'm not tarnished. But the crazy thing is, if we look at every actor, actress, writer, producer, whoever the fuck it is, there's a turkey under their belts, right? There's big, like, you might like everything that person has done apart from, there's a heap of comic book writers I really enjoy, but there's always something they've done where I'm just like, yeah, I didn't like that, but that's cool. Because other people did. I don't need to like everything. You know what I mean? And I don't look at you any differently. Right? I'm not going to be like, I like Matt Fraction, but I hated the end of his Iron Man run. So, yeah, now I think he's trash. No, because I enjoyed 
three quarters of that run. It was just that last story where I was just like, ooh, not a fan. But that's fine, right? Everything else was golden. Loved it, you know? And and that's the thing. Is there's, you know, directors. I really enjoy their shit. But there's one or two films I'm not a fan of. It's cool. It's cool. So I just think it's weird when people act like, oh, yeah, this was the thing. Oh, this was it. And then you've got people trying to make excuses for Lucas. And you're like, oh, well, I mean, you know, I mean, he doesn't say he doesn't like it. He, he's just, uh, and I'm just like, Lucas always says he doesn't like it. But here's the thing. Lucas thinks that the prequels he wrote were great. The prequels were horrendous, right? Horrible dialogue. Horrible dialogue. Which is why Empire stands out, because he didn't write Empire. Someone else wrote Empire. You know what I mean? And I think they, they co-directed it. Like, Empire's a, bet, a great film. You know, it's better than Return of the Jedi. But Return of the Jedi is still cool. It ends the thing, you know, in a way that works. You know what I mean? But look, we know Lucas has done mad turkeys. It's fine. Because you you look at the things you like from Lucas and be like, I still love that. You know what I mean? This is the thing. So just own your shit, people. Own your shit. Who gives a fuck? Like, but boy... Watching, you know, some of these segments and the dancing, the the dancing stormtroopers. Um, I was just like, what the fuck? What is this? What is this? Donny Osborne playing Luke Skywalker. And the whole, the Wookiee thing, I had no clue. Like, was it light day? Just... And the whole explanation for why Chewbacca didn't get a, a, a medal at the end of New Hope, which is straight bullshit. Straight bullshit. Be like, oh, he didn't want... Yo, you still give... You would still give it. Like, he can smell it down. Give it away. Who gives a fuck? But you give him a medal. Like, it's just stupidness, man. And I think supposedly... Han Solo was married to a Wookiee, or at least pressing a Wookiee, right? Which is just, yo. <laughs> I mean, we learn some gems. We do learn some gems, you know? But it's just, yeah, it's an odd one, right? And we, we hear from a load of people, right? Now, I'm cool with hearing from the writers, producers, people that actually worked on it. But when you get someone that was an editor for StarWars.com, or they ran the fanzine, like, what's that? What's really this person going to bring to this? Right? What are they bringing to it? I have no clue. I have no clue why they're there. 
You know, they're just like, oh, well, I think that Star Wars fans think that. I No, you don't. Like, you're a person with an opinion, but you're not speaking for everyone. You know? So I thought that was a bit random, but I guess they were like, oh, we need people. We need we need more talking heads. Yeah, we, we need more talking heads. Ah, uh, oh, people, people, people. You know what I mean? It's interesting. It's definitely interesting. The most unsettling thing about this was... The turkey neck on display. There was so much turkey neck, man. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm saying, right, Star Wars, you've got prosthetics. <laughs> like, cover that shit up. Some, at least give motherfuckers scarves or something. But, boy... That was probably the most unsettling thing for me about this whole thing. The turkey neck. not mean by pointing it out it's there they know they know it's not like they ain't looking in the motherfucking mirror and be like yo everything's golden they be like yo i got a turkey neck <laughs> anyway anyway right this obviously this documentary is for anyone that is a fan of star wars and you know has heard about this thing but has no real clue right so um yeah a disturbance in the force if you're a star wars fan probably want to check it out so on the website we'll list any of the other dates where i know this will be screening so yeah make sure you go to the website people and share with your friends obviously all right you know, um, I was going to throw in some Star Wars thing, but yeah, I have no clue. You know what I mean? I'm not that, I'm not that kind of fan. I don't give a fuck. But yo, uh, let the force be with you. That's something else, isn't it? But who gives a fuck? Enjoy it, people. A disturbance in the force. Now we go with our first short film of the episode, and that is pruning so people pruning is a new short film from director uh lola blank she co-wrote it with jeremy radin it is produced by chris bayruti and nicholas pash hoover executive produced by ella Petridis, and line produced by Devin Burko. Sonia Taspin handles cinematography. Sophia Cohen set decoration. Hair and makeup is Mary Check. 
Amanda Miller and Philip Nathaniel Saunders. Our cast, well, Madeline Brewer is Sammy. Peyton Kennedy is her neighbor, Alina. Um, we have got uh, Mia Phillips, played by Akila Hughes. And Elias Roberts is played by Ben Glibby. Uh, Jeremy Raiden also makes an appearance as an angry man. Um, and they're kind of a, yeah, well, I don't say anything else. And Angeli Bimani is also in the uh, film. I forget her role. The gist of the film is this. Sammy is controversial. It's how she makes her living. It's her bread and butter. Her exploding fan base is eating it up. So when she discovers she discovers that a mass shooter was inspired by her specifically, she ignores it. After all, crazy people have nothing to do with her, right? That's what she tells herself as her conscience grows harder and harder to ignore, ultimately culminating in her choice to get rid of it altogether. Okay, so... um. Yeah, it's just over 14 minutes. And, um, you know, I, I thought, although this isn't anything new, right? And I, I think we've, you know, over lockdown, we've definitely seen a lot of discussions kind of around this topic. You know, a lot of people debating both sides, some people being more even killed about everything, but we've seen these discussions. I mean, I guess you might not have, right? It depends what you uh, what you ingest, you know, the podcasts you listen to, the news channels you uh, check into, right? The papers you read. But um, yeah, I did think the way that they captured it all, though, was very good. You know, um, the statement about the film is this. We are deeply interested in stories about changing our minds and the consequences we face when we don't. In today's culture of fant uh, fanatical certainty, this film will ask us to doubt. Please consider supporting this female-led film. So, yes, there we go. Um because, yeah, I, I think, you know, the big thing is with a lot of, uh, you know, occasions, people want to die on a hill, right? You come up with a, a, a fault, right? You decide to align yourself to an ideology. And now that's you, right? There is no room to maneuver. Or we follow a political party, you know, uh, we like a celebrity, you know, and then we feel that we have to believe in everything that that party, that celebrity, you know, believe in. You, there's no deviating. We're in it 100 percent. 
And that's always the crazy thing. You know, that's always the crazy thing. So it was interesting how this was displayed because, you know, we saw Sammy making her posts, but then interacting with her neighbor and talking about plants. And it's all very different. But what happens when, you know, those lines get blurred and that's what we see. Right. And it's people trying to, you know, and, and I thought it was played very well in that notion of when someone hits you with something and for a second, right, you can see the, the doubt, but then suddenly, boom, blank, right? The mask goes up and you're just regurgitating, you know, those lines. Be like, I think blah, 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 blah. And that's it. You're on that narrative and that alone. So I, I thought that was interesting. And then the, the conscience talking to you, right? And what that looks like, you know? I thought, yeah, the imagery chosen to display all of this, right? I, I thought it worked. I thought it worked. You know, it's an interesting documentary. And as I said, I don't think it walks any new ground, but what it does do is a good job of showing, um, you know, something that possibly someone in that space is like going through, thinking of how they're dealing with the situation. So, um, yeah, I think if you enjoy those, you know, films that kind of look at reality and how we deal with it, then pruning could very well be for you. So, um, yeah, all the information will be on the website, people. So, you know, if you see it, check it out. Okay. <laughs> And now we have the first of our features. It is hundreds of beavers, and it's not a porno, okay? <laughs> okay, people. So my boy Justin Cook hit me up with this new giant hundreds of beavers, okay? It is a... Well, it's directed by Mike Cheslick, who also co-writes with Ryland Brixen Cole Tubes. Okay, the film is produced by um Choose along with Matt Sabijak, Kurt Ravenwood, and Sam Hoggerton. It's executive produced by Pat Fagan, Mike Bloomer, Nick Bellor, Mario Ballesteri, Kelly Jakes, Bill Krugler, Cleet Long the Fourth, Bob Mueller, Louise R. Schultz, James Stoffel, James. Um, no, Cutter Chews, 
and James Wesey, Wheezy. Right, Chris Ryan handled the music. Quinn Hester, cinematography. At Mike Chislick also edits. Wayne Chews, set decoration. Uh, Brianna Harvey and Jenny Schneck were on hair and makeup. And our cast. Well, people. Uh, we have got um, Ryland. He also stars. He is our, um, oh, what do you call it? Applejacker. Yes, he's our Applejack salesman. Um, we have got Olivia Graves as the furrier. Wes Tank is the mountain man. Uh, Doug Mancheski is the merchant and the furrier's dad. Lou Rico is the Indian who we come across. Um, we also have got Jay Brown, Stephen Cervantes, um, Chislick, Tobias Christian Wong, Ryan Fox, Morris Gross, Matt Hoopert, Max Hay, Chris Hootler, Jason Hoocher, John Horn, Jessica Knapp, Jerry Kirk, Daniel Long, Trey Pope III, Louise R. Schultz, Brendan Steary, James Stoffel, John Trey, Tyler Walker, Mike Woloski, and Eric West. Now, I'm assuming that they all play... Um, some of the animals that we come across, you know what I mean? So the film is this. In this 19th century supernatural winter epic, a drunken Applejack salesman must go from zero to hero and become North America's greatest fur trapper by defeating hundreds of beavers so yes there you go that's what why it's called hundreds of beavers people this isn't a scene a 70s porn film you know what i mean this is something completely different right it's um it's a black and white film right it's black and white and the other thing that is just ha. Huh, it was it, it was fun. It was so fun. It's basically kind of like a live action Looney Tunes, right? Or um, Roadrunner. I I think probably Roadrunner is, is one of the best uh, comparisons, right? Because in Roadrunner we didn't get any uh, dialogue. Right, it was just uh, meep, meep. and um, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like, oh, look, rock gonna do something with that, just all of that kind of jazz, right? And that's what this is, yeah. You know, we got this guy, and he's um, yeah, on these adventures, right, trying to do his thing, trying to capture. 
beavers and avoid being eaten by, <laughs> you know, other scary animals and whatnot while trying to win the hand of the furrier, which, uh, yeah, that in itself is just jokes, right? It is ludicrous, right? But that's why it's so funny, you know? Like, we do get a lot of, um, like, there's a lot of stock footage, there's a lot of um, footage where, obviously, it's the same scene over and over again kind of thing, you know? Um, I know there's names for all of that, and I cannot remember for the life of me, people, but it is... Like, there's there's points where it looks basic, right? But I think that's why it's so good. Because I think if it looked way too polished, that's where you lose. Because, you know, the thing with this is it's like dropping a rock on someone or creating this big wooden trap or something. It's just like, it's not feasible, right? That That's not going to... Work. That's not going to do that thing. So, you know, there needs to be that obvious kind of like, <laughs> we know what we're doing here. We know we're messing around kind of vibe to it for you to be like, yes, yes, I'm, I'm all about this. Right. Not trying to act like this is Shakespeare or, or anything crazy like that, you know, but what we do get. Right. As I say, look, you can see there's not a huge budget behind it, but this is probably more enjoyable than any of those, like, Looney Tune film adaptations, right? When they do the live action, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks, or, you know, as I say, Looney Tunes, or Garfield, or any of those things. They just always feel off but this this is very enjoyable right you're 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 there all the way through it is long it's like an hour and 40 something minutes and i kind of think it probably could have been a little shorter right but you know although there's no dialogue it's pretty easy for the most part, to follow. There was a few occasions where it's just like, wait, what is happening here? But for the most part, this is real easy to follow. It's a lot of fun, you know. Um, you're not sure who you're going to root for. Are, are, are we down with the beavers? Are we down with the Applejack dude? Hmm. Who? Who are we for? Right? But... Yeah, you, you are in, you're engaged. You're looking at, okay, what new trap are they trying to devise this time, right? What are they going to do this time? So that makes it, and that really does help make it. And I think one of the um, crazy things, right? So they used 1,500 plus special effects for this film, I mean, right, it took them over four years 
to finish the whole production of this. So this was a labor of love. And I think you can tell that, right? You can tell that. It, it, this was put together well, right? It, 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 you know? And even when, <laughs> you know, you can see, okay, I think that's not a real horse, right? <laughs> it, it's still done like this is a horse. You know what I mean? They're putting everything behind it to give you this great experience. So I do, you know what I mean? Hats off to everyone involved. You know, supposedly filmed it in sub-zero temperatures. Took them 12 weeks on the actual filming. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it's pretty great, right? If you enjoy slapstick comedy, right? If you enjoy, um, you know, just all of those old school things like Lauren Hardy, you know, Buster Keaton, all of those, Benny Hill, you know, I think 100 of Beavers is going to be for you, so um, it will be playing, so, you know, it's at Fantasia, but if you weren't able to get there, it's going to be at the Popcorn Frights Film Festival, CineQuest, Charlotte Film Festival, Hell's Half Mile Film and Music Festival, Cine Underworld, um, Film Fest Gent, Cine Horror Festival, uh, Stig's Film Festival, Lausanne Underground Film and Music Festival, and Toronto After Dark. So there will be plenty of opportunities for you to get down with hundreds of beavers and people. I will definitely say it's worth giving a check, right? So see this passion project, this labor of love, and uh, smile and laugh. <laughs> Back to the short films. This time it is only yourself to blame. Well, people, boy, <laughs> only yourself to blame is a tough film. Oh my gosh, it really is. It is written direct and directed by Nomi Yates. It's produced by, um, let's try and make this bigger, Iona Caravella and Eric Pack, executive produced by Rose Glass, um, cinematography is Peter Garajaski. And Sarah Smithner, Smither. Alex Hud is sound design. Composure is Holly Buaga. Okay. Our cast 
right. So um, Mia is played by Seven. Uh, Simone. And Sean is played by Megan Purvis. There's also Ash Dawn Clark and Pete Picton. Uh, the gist of this harrowing story is right. I need to zoom back out. Boom, boom, boom. Okay. A girl walking home late at night finds herself being followed by a frightening figure that copies her every movement. Yeah, this is a tense psychological thriller, right? And you are fooled into what this is, right? Because we see these two friends, they, they've been out. Um, one of the friends, right, Sean, is off her head. Oh, my God, off her head. And Mia is helping her, helping her home. Um, they've missed their bus. So um, Mia put Sean in a cab, right? And, you know, that's always a difficult situation, right? Someone's drunk. You, is the driver going to get them home? It's why you need a, it's always all about a licensed cab, right? Or just sorting out the transport beforehand so you're not in a terrible situation but that's tough right sometimes things come up you don't know you're going to be out like the bus left early you know but it just leaves these dilemmas and what are you going to do can you trust the driver so we got that and then Mia's walking home right and that's when you know she's being followed right and I think Firstly, you know, like, only yourself to blame, right? That is, you know, that horrible thing that you hear thrown around um, with certain situations, right? Now, there's certain things where you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense, right? If I went rock climbing without ropes and I fell off the mountain, kind of only had myself to blame, you know what I mean? But... When a girl's walking home from a night out, just because she's wearing a mini skirt, right? Just because she's wearing a low cut dress, doesn't mean y'all can do your thing. You know what I mean? And so this film plays with those notions, right? Those perceptions. And the ramification of that to someone, right? We, we see the wrestling with yourself. You're wrestling with those inner demons, those faults, those memories. You know, they, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because then certain imagery is thrown up and it's just like, Oh my god. It's brutal. Friggin' brutal. But really well done. 
just really well done. The cast were tremendous. You know, Nomi really just captures these elements really well. The only bit that looks a little bit dodgy is the fighting. But other than that, this is a really well-handled piece. And I think it's something that you could show in schools, right? It's, I think it, it really gets that message across and can help start a conversation around, you know, these pitfalls and what do you do? Right? How do you handle this and what should be done around this and how to be safe? Right. I, I think this is a great film for that. Uh, so, yeah, look, it showed once at Fantasia. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll throw links up on the website. So hopefully, you know. If this shows anywhere near you, you can go check it out because look, it's I think it's about eight minutes, but it, it's it's tough, but it's really well crafted, really well crafted, and definitely, definitely, you need to watch it. So I'm um, only yourself to blame, people. This is uh, this is a really good short film. Check it out. Know me. Fantastic, fantastic job, and someone to keep an eye on. So yeah, there you go. Now it is time for our last feature, and it's a book adaptation. It is love with love and a major organ. Okay, people, so, yo, this, man, this is something that I think it is always really nice to find at a festival, you know? So, with love and a major organ. It's the new film from Kim Albright, written by Julia Lederer, who actually adapts her own book of the same name from 2016. Okay, so um, it is produced by Madeline Davis, executive produced by Claire Whitman, um, co-exec, oh, and Laurie Lozinski. Uh, Wei Li and Min Li Gumpsa co-executive produce. Um, it's co-produced by Nessa Arif. Story consultant is Anita Doran and um, Anne Maguire also uh, is a developmental executive producer. Jeremy Wallace McLean handles the music, Leonardo Harim, cinematography, Tony Zhu edits the piece, Aaron Lally and Annalise Tilling were on casting duties, Megan McCauley 
was production design. Art decoration is Tiana P. Gordon. Set decoration, we have Alison DeLeo, Nadia Salaba, Natalia White, and Oscar Yang. Costume design is Nicole Swan. Hair and makeup, we have Alison Jeffries, Keiko Fajama, and Patricia Bento. So our cast, Annabelle is played by Anna Maguire. Um, her best friend, Casey, is played by Donna Benedicto. Um, then we've got George, played by Hamza Hack. His mother, Mona, is played by Vina Sood. Uh, we've got Sandra, played by Arghavan Janati. Uh, Laverne is played by Lara Sadiq. Um, Mr. Man is played by Ryan Bell. Jess is played by Karen Burkett. Barbara. Played by Enid Ray Adams. Mako is played by Mio Suzuki. Um, Betty is played by Linda Pollard. Kay is played by Jennifer Coping. Uh, yeah, Dr. Lee is played by Linda Boyd. So the gist of this story is this. In an alter alternative world where hearts are made of objects and suppressing emotion is self-care. A lonely woman rips out her own heart for the man she loves, only to discover that he's run away with it. Which is like, huh? So this is one of them films where you have no clue going in. Well, for me anyway, right? When you don't read the synopsis and you're just watching. Like we open up and... We just see like a guy crying and then he pulls something. He does something, right? His old demeanor changes and we see this glowing thing on the ground. And it's just like, okay, what is that? Right? At first, I was like, oh, is that like an alien invasion thing? Is that what this is about? Right, maybe these parasites or something, but then you come to realize it's the heart, right? And, and people can take out their hearts, which is, huh, okay. Like you just think, all right, if you're gonna take your heart out, that that seems very problematic, you know. But yeah, in this world, people are using this lap even, I think it's live, uh, live stream, live something, right, and it's kind of like a cross between, you know, Fitbit, Apple Watch, and like, I don't know, eHarmony, right, all of these things, because it's kind of you know, giving you motivational, you know, tips and cues, right? It, it's 
letting you know about feelings. So if you type, if you're talking to someone and they ask you a question and you might go, um, I, I kind of want to go this way. It will go, yes, that's right. You, that That's where you would go or no, you know, so it's using all the data that you've input and all the usage to kind of work out your your best reaction to certain situations, right? And you can also supposedly find a partner via it. You know, someone that fully matches everything that you're looking for and, you, you know, you have going in your life and all of that kind of jazz. So a most people are doing this. Annabelle, she has not succumbed to the app. All right, so you have uh, most people around her, you know, very tempered in how they're doing things. And Annabelle is, you know what I mean? She's like the equivalent of a hippie, you know what I mean? F loose and fancy free, which is interesting, right? And I think, you know, one of the interesting things about this film is you have that side of things, right? Someone who uses their heart is out there, free. Then we've got repression. And it's what works, right? It's that line, where do you want to go? You know? And I think you're looking at it and you're being like, well, I feel like it's a balance between the two, because even though Annabelle is, you know, free and following her heart, supposedly, you're watching and necessarily she's not always listening, right? It's that person who's like generous and, you know, will do things for you, but the things that they think you need rather than the things you've actually asked for. You know, and a little bit selfish because they're trying to push their ideals onto you. So, you know, the fact that you've decided to use the app, you've decided to marry someone, you've decided to live your life in a certain way. They might not agree, but as long as you're happy, you're just you'd be like, yeah, all right. As look, you know, the only time with that kind of thing, you really get involved is if you see someone like defrauding, fucking your friend over. You know what I mean? Maybe they're just, you know, having mad affairs behind your back, right? They're just doing shabbiness. Then you might say something. But if someone is happy, let that motherfucker be happy, right? Right? But, you know, we see Annabelle kind of trying to push her thing, her vibe, Onto a friend, you know, so it's a bit like, yeah, being free is cool, that's cool, man, but you gotta be respectful. So, we then, you know, when um, you know, homeboy runs away with her heart, right? Which, um, that's an interesting one. You know what I mean? When George gets the heart and, uh, you know, straight away, it's just like, oh, you know, 
we see the change in George. Because it's, you know, he talks with Annabelle. He's nice to Annabelle. But it's all very tempered. Restrained. Yeah, and he doesn't really get, you know, that next stage of emotion. But then when he has the heart, we see this change in him. But again, there is a mean side to it, which is very interesting. You know, we, we have, you know, poetry in the film, which is uh, always fun. Right, there's poignant things being said, you know, poignant things being done. It is that film that is kind of like the mirror to being held up to society. You know, this is all make believe. Obviously, we don't pull our hearts out practically. You know, theoretically, you can have your heart wrenched out for sure, but. It is that looking at, you know, the things that might make society better, the issues we have with communication. That's all here. Like, two of my funnest parts, like, the things that I was just made me grin in this film was the room of uncontrollable joy, <laughs> right? Just that. And the way, right, with all of this, it, it, it's the way that Kim brings it to life. You know, the way that she will center the camera on someone. So you can really see the emotional impact of that scene. It's done very well. And there is this scene with George later on in the film. And... Oh, my God. Just the, the whole build of, you know, the this thing is great. And when he says, maybe this is fast, but these feelings are like lice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I laughed so much. Ah, uh, it was just priceless, priceless. I'm not going to say anything else about it because I want you to have that same experience, people. You know, this, this look, it, it's done very well. It's very well. I really did enjoy it. You know, there's definitely, there was definitely some bits where you kind of feel, ah, like we could have explored that a little bit more, right? Or had, you know, a little bit more commentary on that thing. The, the mum, you know, Mona might get a little bit shortchanged, you know, if you're not paying too much attention to it. Right? If you are paying attention, you kind of, I feel you get that whole situation. But you might feel she's getting a little shortchanged. But with love and a major organ, this is a really, really good and enjoyable film. You know, it really is, people. Um, I've seen 
the reference of eternal sunshine and a spotless mind thrown there. Um, that, yeah, possibly, possibly, I might go adaptation, you know, because it, it, it's kind of that meta feel, but without being fully there, you know, and that just exploration of, and something else it reminded me of, in a world, right, that, that film about the voice actress, and then she realizes her life is being you know, narrated, right, that, and, uh, oh, what was that other film that was like that, oh, my God, it's a Will Farrell in it, and um, Queen Latifah, and Maggie Gyllenhaal, god damn it, now, I cannot remember the name, I love the film, which is just, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous, I love the film, but you probably get uh, you, you must know what it is, right? I know there's a motherfucker out there who knows what I'm talking about. But yes, if you enjoyed those films, with love and a major organ, we'll definitely speak to you. It, listen, follow, like, all the links are in the, uh, you know, on the website. So make sure you follow, um, you know, make sure you follow Kim, make sure you Julia, the cast, and then we'll, you'll know when this might be screening near you, okay, because it is definitely, definitely worth a watch, so, with love and a major organ, check it out, people, check it out, and we're gonna close with the short film, Nin, Nim, Nin, Nien, God damn it, I'm so bad with pronunciations. Nyan. Yeah, let's go with that. Nyan. Oh my gosh, people. I loved this short. Right? It is called Nan. Nyan. Right? It is directed and written by Michelle Kruzik. Right? Um, Kruzik also produces along with Jason McLagan, Matthew Keane, Smith, and Brian Yang. Laura Marianne's Goncalves is on cinematography. Cynthia Shen edits the piece. Daniel Walters handles music. Uh, yeah, that's it. Um, our cast, we have got Lauren May as Gertie, Dawn Akemi Sato is her armor, and Ava Davu is Tammy, the school bully, right? And this film shows what can be done in six minutes. Right, the gist is this An Asian American girl stands up to her racist bully Armed with a Chinese demon mask And the Nyan A mythical creature that eats bad kids Right, so um, Yeah, as I said, look, this is six minutes long But this story has so much to it Right, we open up and Gertie is hearing about the Nyan 
right? Her armor has given her this mask for show and tell. And um, in the car, like the story, oh man, it hits you, right? Because she's, after hearing about this story, she's just like, ah, no one in my school gets this. They don't even know it's Chinese New Year, All right? So you straight away, we, we know the situation Shul is in, right? And if you come from a minority background, you get this shit, right? And, you know, she then asks, what, what do you do when someone tells you to go back to your own country, right? Again, that's just something that gets thrown at you, man. Yes, it's, it's bullshit. It's rubbish. Uh, and her, <laughs> oh my, the way she responds, like, time to go eat your pussy, right? It's great. It's great. Now, Gertie, little Gertie, she's like shocked. But fuck it. That's the response. You want, you, you know what I mean? You want the parents and loved ones to be, to have your back, right? To, to hold you down. And that's what Armar's doing. So, yeah, we get to see her at show and tell. And then um, this whole folklore come alive. And all of that is so richly told, so richly told. This is incredible, right? Six minutes, people. But we get the bond she has with Arma. We get the situations in at school. You get the whole bully situation. And then we get the folklore. And it it's so well told, so well told, and the effects, oh, people, the effects are great, oh my god, it's so good, so good, you know, I, I can definitely see people watching this, like a big studio watching this, and going, oh shit, we need Michelle Kruzik to um direct this thing for us, you know what I mean? You can imagine her jumping on, like, getting hooked for a TV series. You know? Like, working on something. You know they're doing that Shang-Chi um, TV series. Well, that's the hope. I remember the, the director talking about that. He wanted to do this based around. Like, boom. You know what I mean? Bring her in to direct an episode. Or just anything, right? Because you just see... What she can do with storytelling, which was phenomenal. The cast was great. Cast was great. They really, oh my days, they did such a great job of just hitting you with all of these emotions, right? Of just getting across what the hell's going down. And man, it must have been tough for Ava DeVal because, man, she plays a little fuck. Right? That's a nasty piece of shit character. But she kills it. The, like, Dawn Akemi Sato as the armor, you know, so good. So, and just the way she leaves it at the end. <laughs> and Laura May, you know, a, does a fantastic job. Man, listen, 
and you know this um show at fantasia it's not got any other showings, but I'll throw the link to Michelle's website on the website. Hmm? Right. So um, on there should be details of where potentially you will be able to see this. And I guarantee you want this in your life. This is tremendous. So I really enjoyed it. People definitely check out Nyan. Nyan. I feel I'm not pronouncing it right, but go check it out because it was sensational. So, people, that is it for another day of Fantasia International Film Festival coverage. And, um, yeah, really some interesting stuff today isn't like everything is now screened right that's just the way this has to go um and all of these things only have a single screening but go to the website and i will have any available information on future screening dates okay so um make sure you do that definitely check these out really interesting stuff and ah that last short nim loved it so much people but we will be back with more fantasia coverage and this week's echo chamber proper will be dropping shortly so make sure you check it out share with your peoples and people we love to hear your comments so um, let me know what you think about the films the shorts the coverage any improvements you want to see Anything you want added, taken away, just let me know, people. We'll see. We'll see if I agree. Okay? All right. Enjoy the film watching and peace. Mm -hmm.